Good morning, friends. It's Grania here, Numbers for Success, with another Numbers for Success podcast on all things soul. So, friends, it's March the 16th, 2023. And March has and continues to prove itself in that it's a month of absolute breakthroughs, the continuing of the old world collapsing around us as the new world continues to be built up around us too. And just to say thank you for all of those new people who've become a part of the Numbers for Success community where you are and have received a daily message every day. And also there's meditations, there's monthly uh, interviews that I do with people who have, you know, been a part of my life and my journey and also our new book club. So if you're interested in becoming a part of our Patreon and our um, Numbers for Success community, the email is below, numbersforsuccess22 at gmail.com. Drop me a line. So today, friends, we're going to talk about um, a book which had a huge influence on my life um, when I was really opening up to my journey. And it's a book that was written in 1994 by a man called James Redfield. And it's called The Celestine Prophecies. And it was written by this man because he was on his own journey of discovery. And he talks about, in this particular first book, The Nine Insights, which I'm going to give you an overview today based on my own research. And it, to me, is very appropriate at this time here in 2023, what we're all going through. And as it happens, this is our book that we're going to be talking about in our book club. So just a little tip off there. So I just thought at the beginning of the book, um, James just gives a quote from the book of Daniel. And this is it. For those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. And those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But for you, Daniel... Conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. So that's from Daniel, the book of Daniel. So the wonderful thing about this book, friends, if you haven't read it, and even if you have, um, it's created in a novel form. So it, it, it's very easy for the writer to bring in the insights that he believes um, can help us to truly live the best version of our lives and the first insight is a critical mass and it's really what's going on right now as i say this book was written um 29 years ago and the world has certainly transformed since then that would have been before mobile phones it would have been before the internet per se although the internet has been formed for a long time but for us as the general masses But it's also in this particular book, it's all about synchronicities. And James talks about this a lot in the book. It's one of the main insights that sort of transcends all of the main, all of the insights. Synchronicity is like two situations coinciding. And he talks a lot about numbers, actually, number patterns, where since the year 2000, for example, we continually see the numbers 1111, which is an opportunity for us to awaken. And that's exactly what we are being we absolutely transcended into and when we pay attention to the synchronistic situations people experiences that happen it affects us individually which brings it to the global scale which increases the frequency and if you check out the schumann resonance which is 
the ability for scientists um, to keep track of the energy output from the earth. So that's something you can actually um, get tap it into a app so you can see what the Schumann resonance is. Now, this would be way before this, when this book was written. So paying attention and synchronicities will guide us on our path. And it can be through people, places, things, but it's usually through continuous messages. Um, continuous could be songs. It could be um, seeing the numbers in front of a re- on the edge of a car. It can be um, just bumping into the same person time and time again or again it's repeated patterns so just be aware of that that's one of the first uh, insights into becoming aware the second one is the um it's called the longer now in the book and it's very much about the importance of our current awareness um but also looking at where it began so it's kind of going back into the historical past and usually what is hysterical is historical so we go back to the middle ages where the church had a grip certainly on the western world um for what we're referring to and people would have given all their power away to the clergy to the clergymen um usually the clergymen there was a few odd women but usually men and the control was just you know it, it transcended all sectors of society and then around the 14th 15th century the view started to change and therefore we had the Reformation and the Renaissance, which was basically the church uh, and the power of the church in many ways collapsing, which is exactly what is going on right now in our world in 2023. And at that time, you know, astronomers would have started coming into their own and they disputed the fact that the sun and the stars actually revolved around the earth. So there was a lot of where this is where science started to come in and where people wanted answers. So explorers were sent off to other parts of the world to bring back the answers. And as a result, Western society, this is very general, of course, um, was confused. There was Basically, there was no spiritual lines. It was kind of an in-between phase. And you know, what therefore happened was obsession around wealth and possessions started to come into the fore, where in fact, you know, the spiritual aspect was starting to wane. Um, It was more about the control piece. And people began to ask, why are we here? You know, what am I here to do? Uh, People became obsessed with the idea of, you know, understanding who they are and why they're here. And that continued on right through to modern day um and of course we have you know a lot of stress related diseases the drive to conquer nature um and basically you know a re- very much around the timelines of consciousness and questioning you know why we are here and when this book was written in 1994 he presents that question why are we here and you know understanding the deeper meaning of life and recognizing that we as individuals have a part to play in the greater collective consciousness which i do believe is what really occurred from 2012 onwards right up to present day and right up to 2032 and that very much relates to the second insight recognizing that we tend to as society as a world we and as humans on the earth we tend to repeat the same patterns 
they're not always mistakes they're meant to be lessons to be learned and with 2020 you know you don't need me to go into that that was a an absolutely critical awakening and yet people still remain asleep but that will be changing as we are in one of the most crucial times march 2023 of our lifetimes the third um insight is a matter of energy and this particular insight explores the you know understanding that we are all energy and that you know we need to feel safe to um, have an understanding of why we're here and there is a theory in physics I am certainly not a scientist so bear with me and it's called the observer effect in physics and it shows that when you break apart aspects of energy and try to observe how they operate the results are altered so what does that mean right now I've written all this down so basically that means that when we become conscious of the fact that we are energy beings we have the power of our mind and our intention to create a new way of being that's basically what it is and it basically boils down to having love and compassion and to see how we can change the world and how we can use this to create our own reality and it's about having a loving a loving state of mind to and to remember that we are all connected to people energetically and essentially i very much believe this essentially people are good and so you know we're here to enhance that and that's what the third insight is the fourth insight is about the struggle for power and a competition for energy and let's be honest the subconscious it is said is or subconsciously we are always trying to control conversations that we may have with others and um, consciously we may be in a conversation with someone and we feel completely drained or we can go away feeling happy and what James Redfield talks about in this particular book is he talks about that as human we manipulate each other now again there's no real positive or negative in that it's just an observation back to the observation team and it's important that you know we can recognize this so that there's that power struggle that goes on between us as humans and you know for example he gives an example in the book about a parent being very critical and scolding a little child and what that's about in his work is that the parent is taking the child's energy just like a vampire and this is where the control dramas come in which is another insight that we will talk about so energy Mm-hmm. So then the insight number five is is very much about a message from the mystics. Again, it's about attracting energy and it's about connecting to source energy, to your higher self and recognizing whilst we have these power plays that go on in our everyday lives, in our own personal lives, our work lives on the world stage, we see the power plays constantly. We only have to turn on the mainstream media and we can see it. But when we recognize that we have the power to connect literally directly to source energy to god to a higher power 
there is an unlimited support there and supply. And the way to do that is to bring it into your own mindful practice, your spiritual practice. It can be, for example, blessing your food, eating plant-based food and, you know, appreciating your body and asking your body to absorb the nutrients um, and also to appreciate and absorb the energy of nature, particularly trees. Trees are such an important part of um, this particular book and also as humans. And he talks about, you know, being in a state of love and appreciating all aspects of yourself, but all aspects of life. Then um, insight number six is clearing the past. And this is a very interesting one that I found quite intriguing. And it's about being aware of your control patterns. So as per the fourth insight, we tend to control others, maybe subconsciously or consciously. And our behavior and our conversation can do that. And, you know, it's very important that we're aware of this in order to clear human conflict in the world. Because remember, friends, you are here to be a part of the co-creation process of this earth. So when you tap into source energy, the other insight, which was the um, number uh, the number five, yeah, you are clearing control dramas that are created in childhood. And he talks about four different control dramas. And the one is aloofness. The second is interrogator. The third is the poor me. And the fourth one is the um, uh, imitator, intimidator. I can't even read my own writing. Interrogator and intimidator. Now, the aloofness is about withdrawing from other people and maybe appearing sensitive, but in fact, you know, or it's about being cautious in many ways, but it's also about creating an interest and possibly pulling others closer so you can get people's attention and therefore get their energy. The interrogator asks lots of questions, possibly, therefore, to use that information against you and also to draw your energy away. This is his beliefs of things. The poor me is drama is to make people feel guilty or not having done enough for them just by being in their presence. Yeah, that's a tricky one, isn't it? The poor me. And then... The fourth one is the intimidator and the intimidator uses aggression just to draw energy from other people. So then the book describes how these archetypes are created as a child and we use them and children use them to get attention or energy from their parents. But their parents' behavior also and also their control dramas creates the archetypes pattern for the children. So it's a bit of a betwixt and between. So for example, an intimidating parent can create a poor me child or another intimidator. Where an aloof child cannot maybe get attention from an intimidator parent. So the child will appeal to their parents maybe through mercy or feeling helping them to create a sense of feeling guilty but usually it'll result in aggression. An interrogator parent will create an aloof child 
as the constant source of questions and criticism, perhaps in the child's behaviour, will force the child to be highly aware of what the interrogator is doing. So in order to avoid conflict, the child becomes more vague and distant or aloof and pulls their own energy away and pulls them off their path and they might end up as an interrogator themselves. Whereas an aloof parent will create an an interrogator child um, or an intimidator child as the parent's distance will cause the child to maybe ask more questions and maybe to figure out what's wrong with the parent as they get older. And the child's distrust will be formed and therefore perhaps they'll end up finding faults with other people. And we've all been there. So while we can see them in others, the most important thing, friends, is not to judge others, but to be, have open, honest, honest, honest conversation with yourself and recognise what you use as your form of control drama. Then the next insight is number seven, is about intuition to help guide you through life. And it's called engaging the flow. And this is, um, again, having enough energy and then you know, recognizing that when you ask the universe and pay attention, synchronicities, the answers will come through our dreams or through somebody we might meet on the journey. Because absolutely everyone has a message for us. It's just about asking the right question and being open. And one of the best ways for that is to practice mindfulness and to be real. Focus on positive images, focus on what it is you wish to attract in, do vision boards and so forth. And you'll always get the answers and you'll also get the warnings. So just be mindful of that. Number eight is the interpersonal ethic or it's relating to others. And, you know, it's very important, according to James, and I agree with this one, to treat children with respect. Because let's face it, they are going to be the next leaders. And children need energy from their parents, but also maybe from grandparents or from a person that they can trust who will support them energetically. It's important to tell truth to the child and it'll ease them in their transition into adulthood. Um, as a, and, cause, and then they learn also to trust a higher power or source or energy, which is really important instead of giving their energies to other people. In number eight, James talks about how we relate to others, the codependency piece, how we can be addictive to each other. And especially in love relationships where we, you know, tend to give and receive a lot of energy from each other, certainly in the early days when we first fall in love and, you know, everything is blissful and butterflies. And then as the other person starts to pull away energetically, we can lose our own sense of who we are. And that's when all the control dramas come in. And then that's when, you know, the addiction takes place. And he talks about also about the masculine and feminine within um, dysfunctional relationships. And also if the masculine and feminine is not balanced within ourselves, he talks about the C shape, like the, the letter C. And we're a C shape and then we're looking for the opposing C shape in which to create a whole. So what James says was we need to create a full circle of abundance and of knowing of who we are within ourselves. And this will create a higher vibration when we meet a fellow circle. So there you go. So codependency 
is something that is very common in society. And James suggests trying to form relationships, platonic relationships first, as opposed to getting into messy relationships. Um, And we tend to get these messages over and over again, but we tend not to listen. (laughs) Now, the final insight is the number nine one. And this is his vision of conscious evolution for the future, which I found very curious. Remember, this was written in 1994. And he says, we will voluntarily depopulate, which I thought was very curious considering what's going on in the world right now. Um, He says there'll be a massive consciousness around forests, trees, the environment. Um, uh, He spoke about there'll be much easier travel um, and technologically we will be like wizards. These are the words he uses. It'll be a cashless society. How interesting. And he said... um, let go of the need of control and possessions. He said there'll be lots of occupations where we will job share and creativity will be something that will be a massive part of our evolutionary process. He says we will talk about money. Money will just be like a barter, but it'll also be working and operating from the law of attraction that there is always enough. And this is where we're talking about moving from 3D to 5D for the different dimensions and he talked about city living i found that very curious because all the debate at the moment about this 15 minute city vibration so remembering friends this was written nearly 30 years ago so i would suggest it is a really lovely book to read it's easy to read um again these are his opinions but i feel he's certainly on track in terms of giving us a certainly a snapshot of what we're actually going through right now now he has gone on to write other books there's the 10th insight there's the visions of shambhala there's loads of others so start with this one if you haven't already and if you have any questions or you want to discuss it further please feel free to contact me or if you would like your own personal soul session to know what your true life purpose is contact me at numbersforsuccess.com until we speak again Many blessings and happy St. Paddy's Day.